Triple M's Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Thanks to Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. The Rush Hour. Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Yes, it's Friday afternoon. We love a bit of a loose Friday, lads, don't we? Hey, hold I mean, on, the boss is still, oh, sorry, the boss is still here. He hasn't oh, gone so home just yet. Just wait but until he gets in I, the lift. I tell you what, yeah. we have got a massive show ahead. If you're a sports fan and you loved basketball, oh. any time in this history, we've got Luke Longley joining us, one of Australia's greatest exports. And Michael Jordan? It, Jordan. Next week, Jordan's, oh, on Jordan's next going week. on. Yeah, okay, okay, Jordan. Right. We're organising that, yeah. Uh, and we're also going to talk, and we talked about it yesterday, the new Tinder being run clubs across yeah. Sydney and across New South Wales. Mm. So we want to oh. get, get some confessions, some hookup stories from our listeners. So get involved in about, about 15 minutes' time. Oh, but also, more importantly, Super Bowl ads. We're going to talk about Super Bowl ads. There's some crackers. There is they cost millions of dollars they they co- to actually make and then millions of dollars to put in. But let's talk about a little bit of money. We've spoken about this show a lot, that cash is no longer going to be a thing in about three years' time, right? That's happening all around the world. Aussies paying with cash has more than halved in the past three years from 27% to 13%. That's one thing. The reason why is because we're so used to now just getting our phones or whatever. Most people don't even know wallet. They just go, dink. Ping, It's like Monopoly money. Ping, it's exactly right. The total expenditure per annum for every single Australian by using the ding, ding, ding of your card rather than cash is $140 per Australian. Minimal. That's minimum. That's every Australian. Every single Australian, minimum $140 when you go dink rather than having to get your cash out. So this total expenditure from electronic transactions has surged to a staggering $4 billion in Australia every single year. And you know what the worry is with that is because it costs money to do that rather than cash, which means the cafe, let's say, you just went down and bought us all a coffee, Jude, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you uh, acknowledged that. I did did notice every now and again. So let's say it was $20, you would have just got your phone out and you would have gone ding. Now, in that $20, there would have been fees there that the cafe is getting from the bank. So the bank is getting their money. The cafe doesn't want to pay for it. So you're paying for it within your coffee. Whereas you've had a $20 cash, you could have got some change back. So this is costing us all a lot of money. And before we know it, all our young kids won't know anything That's else right. other than beeping. And guess who's making money? The, the banks, banks are making money. You know what they, they always said? What my parents always said? And my mates, cash is king. Yeah, oh. but if you don't have cash, mate, in three mate, years' time, yeah. you might come up with it's cash. They even, go, oh, I went not even had legal a tender some places. Sari and Botham, Tubby Taylor and I were walking around in Adelaide and Tubby and I had cash and, uh, and Tubby Taylor didn't. He could buy the coffees. You know why? Because he had a card and didn't have cash. Oh, now, wow. that's a bloody disgrace in Australia that you can't buy a, your mate a drink with some cash. Crazy. Gussie, the Australian men's test squad. Tell us about it. Yeah, we've got a couple of test matches coming up against New Zealand. Of course, the uh, three-game T20 series against the Windy starts tonight. That's all going to be over in the next four or five days. But, yeah, one slight surprise, uh, Michael Nessa, who probably in every other test side in the world, barring India, would be in a test side. He's going because of his opportunity to obviously swing the ball over there in New Zealand. they will have to move a bit, is that right? Exactly right. So he's the type of guy that might be able to do that. Scotty Boland, obviously, in the squad as well. No one else a massive surprise. It's just 
just whether or not we sort of give a bit of a break to the three big guns in terms of spearheading our face bowling, our fast bowling attack. Mitch Marsh. Was... Yeah, Mitch Marsh is there again, Cameron Green as well. So no one different than Nessa. What about the blue card to be introduced for football sin bins with players removed from the field for 10 minutes for cynical fouls or dissent? This has to be one of the greatest rules that football have ever put into play. I like this, Del. I mean, this is when the you know players just constantly hassling the referee, right. and you in sort their of go, face. you sort of go like, just respect the decision at times. Of course, you get frustrated in the heat of the moment. You got to cop it, eh? Yeah. This gives a referee the chance to go. You know what? Yep. I'm sick of that. Yeah, yeah. and just call cool your Jets for ten minutes. Exactly. Rugby do it power. really, really well. Yeah. The respect they have for the touch judged and the referee. That's exactly yep. what all sports should have. What about this one, Jude? Cameron Smith's Olympic dream on the brink. Uh, due to Liv. What's happening there? Yeah, so when, when he um, obviously uh, transferred from Liv, he was uh, second uh, in the world rankings after he won the British Open. Now it, his, his ranking's fallen to 35, and he's basically not earned it or accrued enough points at the moment to play for the Olympics. So he wants to keep his Olympic dream alive. But Can't Liv, we just pick him anyway because we know he's the best? <sighs> well, the, the, there's got to be – he deserves selection, no doubt, absolutely. Yeah. But they've just got to work this ranking points out for them, and he's trying to work out – what he can do within live to try and still qualify. So, yeah, because he's taken a big dough to play there and stuff. So, yeah, we certainly want him there in France. Um, Dell, Six Nations um, coming up at this weekend. On Monday, we'll have the full results, but the world rankings have come out. South Africa, number one. Ireland, two. New Zealand, three. Yeah. Australia. We're ninth, just ahead of Fiji. In terms of all the major playing nations, we're the, we're the last. Yeah, I know. It's, it's disappointing. And that's where Australian rugby's at now. It's so disappointing. We need restructure from grassroots to obviously to international. And hopefully with the, the changing of the guard with the, uh, the board and obviously new CEO, new coach, um, we can be better because... Mate, there's such a disconnect between uh, all those sort of codes. People know? talk about people talk about rugby being on the nose. It's only on the nose here in Australia. Yeah. What's the Six Nations? What's yeah. happening in the Northern Hemisphere? It's Dominant, huge. Though, What's yeah. happening in South Africa is huge. What's happening in New Zealand is huge. Yeah. We're the only ones that haven't quite captured it, but we have got World Cups. We've got the Lions yeah. coming. Opportunity right. to, to get the coffers up, but we need the right people in charge to make sure we absolutely take this opportunity. Yeah, but even we we got a group chat, the Classic Wallabies, all the boys, you know, and we're, we're supporting. Could some of you come that, back and play? That light up now and then? Does yeah, that... Oh, mate, always, mate. There's like Jeremy Paul, there's Todd Kefu on it, and all the boys, but uh, Phil Wars on there. It, it's really positive. I mean, we want we want the game to be better. You know, got guys like Nathan Gray, who's you know, coaching Steve Larkham. So we've got to be better because our sevens are going well. The men and women, they're doing a really good job. Absolutely. But we need like those, our super rugby teams to, to, to do better and obviously our internationals. And to deliver into yeah. the Wallabies. And uh, Roosters, oh. Billy Smith. Signed a three-year deal. Good good sign for the Roosters. Obviously yep. had some injuries and stuff. They've stuck by him and he signed a three-year deal. Well, I've got a lot of time for Billy Smith because uh, he's a good young kid. He came through playing against Tristan. Him and Tristan debuted together. Did which they? Meant, yeah, you, when he scored that try on debut against the Roosters and he beat Tedesco, I was happy for Billy Smith too because um, he's a great young kid. He's had a bit of adversity, mm. but uh, he's a really nice, well-rounded player. And this is what, um, for the future, you've got a good club player here as well. Run clubs. Yeah, yesterday we spoke about it. Run clubs are becoming the new Tinder. They're becoming the new place where people go to find like-minded people in a place where they're comfortable, in a place where they can wear clothes perhaps that are a little bit revealing yeah. and you can check other people out. And they're becoming these places now where people... Go and have some fun, get some exercises, have a coffee afterwards. The endorphins are up. You're up and about. Everything's up and about. And you might look across and see someone wearing the Lorna Jane or the Lululemon and go, well, I might 
Yep. Let's go for a coffee afterwards or yep. let's go for a meal yep. or whatever. So they're becoming the new way of finding people without having to go through an app. Or, or for like those like you and I, Gus, and Drew, might be body science, you know? Little, Absolutely. A little, little, bit, of, too. little yeah. bit of body science yeah. goes with many miles. Yeah. I've had a mate get, get recently involved down at uh, one of the run clubs and, oh, yeah. and yeah, he was managed to sort of sidle up with a young lady after. Oh. It just sort of took a number of – went. they went for a coffee after initially, but it just built and built and then oh. – yeah, started seeing it was a bit of a hookup. It was like it's much better than having to just try try your best at a nightclub well, these days. I've got know? a couple of mates who are on the apps and stuff, and they just talk about you know sometimes it works, most of the time it doesn't. It's a little bit impersonal, but this is something where you have got a like minded person where you actually get a connection, yep. and you've got something you absolutely know you like to do together. And it's not quite a blind date, is it? Because you get to know them through the process you can't of be running and exercising. You can't be catfished if you're sitting there talking to them and running alongside them. So, I've got a mate of mine that that has done some great work in gyms and stuff when it comes to this sort of stuff. So I think exercising and stuff is the new Tinder. So they're the type of stories we're after. Yeah, hopefully, because you know what it is too, boys, because, uh, mate, when people are on, you can just tell when people are on because, mate, you, you get good energy, you have coffees, you know, a lot of people just post stuff. And for, for guys and girls, it's a great way to stay positive. Yeah. Well, give us a call now, one triple three five three. Is it the new Tinder? We want the Run Club confessions or your hookup stories are happy to be anonymous, one triple three five three. We can now. mask your voice, can't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Your Run Club confession. Let's go to Penrith now, speak to Maddie. Maddie, welcome to the show. Happy Friday, mate. There you go, boys. Good, yeah, mate. Good. Tell us about Long the um, hookup. Thank you. Fantastic, Thank you, buddy. mate. First. Hey, and Del, Del, I'm a Broncos supporter. Love your work, mate. Thank get, you, mate. Get on with it, Matt. I would have thought so as I'm one of the greats of the club. Thank you, mate. Today would be good, mate. <laughs> yeah, a legend, brother. Or a legend. Yeah, so my story is I uh, I was doing my own like little, you know, cleaning myself up, you know, doing my own own, own exercises around this uh, boot camp around the park there, and mm. and uh, I used to do laps around them. And uh, my uh, current person now, she uh, just gave me this eye, and that was it. Oh. I uh, joined up boot camp two weeks later, and uh, the rest is history, boys. How long? <laughs> how long, Maddie? Three years now. Oh, Three well, years. Well, 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 solid. What's what's her name? Boot. Uh, I'll keep that. I'll yeah, keep, I'll yeah he's keep got that. a couple I'll on the go, Maddie. So. <laughs> 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 he's involved in a couple of boot camps. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go to Gabby. How are you, Gabby? they're called booty camps. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's go to Gabby. How are you, Gabby? <laughs> Wonderful yourself. Tell us about hey, that sort of fitness or, uh, you know, fitness confessions or the hookups. Yeah, I reckon the best one is if you're out scuba diving. Scuba Well, that, that opens up a whole different thing. Tell, Tell us, us about, about it. 100%. So, I mean, there were a lot of very good-looking men at the scuba diving, but I can think of Scuba Steve. Ooh. We suddenly became one-on-one dive buddies. Ooh. You know, he was very experienced underwater. We <laughs> used to have to get warm after, you know, going for a long dive. So it was, it was a great couple of months while it lasted. Oh. Yeah, you need, do. Yeah, you need to come up for oxygen. Yeah. Oh. Under oh. the sea. Oh. Yeah. oh, well, what about that? Oh, that's just a moment to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Let, hey, let's, let's go to uh, Kobe there. Kobe, what about your run club confession? Uh, boys. Uh, how are you? Good, Good Kobe. Uh, yeah, so um, it's exactly what you said. It's exactly like Tinder. It's a new Tinder. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, was cleaning myself up. I joined one. And uh, me and this young lady uh, just started innocently flirting while we're doing it. Of course, yeah. And um, one day she asked me for coffee. I'm naive. I go, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, eventually asked for the number. And then, uh, yeah, you know. One thing, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, she never showed up again, but yeah, I enjoyed oh. it. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> hang on. So, so your it's, performance it's, was no ended, good. You've ended her run club experience, is that yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 she ended yours, buddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. It sounds made up. It, like someone was asked to come up with the name for their fake basketballing friend they lied about. Oh, yeah, what's his name? Ah, Longly Ping Hoop. Hooper, Hooper. But that's his name. It's like he was born to play basketball. And quite well. Ever heard of the Chicago Bulls? They won everything in the 90s. Well, he played for them, which is probably why he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006 and the Australian Sporting Hall of Fame in 2009. He's got a new venture out called Half Court, Half Pub, which sounds exactly like my life until I realise he's talking about the basketball court, not the one in the middle of the city with that guy in the funny wig who's always yelling at me. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Aussie basketballing legend, Luke Longley. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show again, Luke. How are you this afternoon? Well, without doubt, the best introduction. Can you please send me a copy of that for my kids? It'll make them wet the bed. That, that's, that's great stuff. Love it's it. Absolutely our pleasure. We'll make sure we send that to you, mate. Tell us about this uh, Han Half Court Half Pub. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I have a bit of a partnership with Han, trying to sort of connect social basketball with, with Han. And the Half Court Half Pub idea is the first one that they're going to run with and I suppose it's just a natural fit unless you're trying to be an elite athlete of course we, I wouldn't condone that but um, people get down there's I think there's about 48 teams enrolled over three weekends and there's as you might have guessed a half a court and half a pub so <laughs> play a bit of basketball do a little beer be around people sort of basketball community feel it um, yeah it's exciting I'm looking forward to getting down there I'm flying in tomorrow brilliant Luke uh, Wendell Saylor here mate big fan mate you won three rings with Chicago Bulls uh, they dominated the 90s and the 90s. When you think of NBA and you think of uh, NFL, you're thinking of Chicago Bulls. You guys changed the landscape of, of sport. What was it like to be a part of that team with guys like Rodman and Michael Jordan and Pippen? Well, first of all, Wendell, um, the, I'm a fan, I was a fan of yours, a big fan of yours when you were destroying people <laughs> on the rugby field. So nice to speak to you, mate. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah, look, it was the wildest thing about that team for us was rolling out on the on the court, and in the year that we went seventy two and ten, which was Dennis's first year in the first championship that I won, and having the sense that the other team was not into it, like they'd rather go home, there was absolutely a sense of intimidation that we had, especially in the second half of the season. Um, that was probably the first thing that I I remember the most vividly is just teams being already beaten when we went out on the court. Uh, and the second thing was just that that trio of guys, Michael, Scotty and Robin, being those guys, 82 games a year. Like, I feel like I was the best Luke Longley I could be, maybe three out of five games, and if I was on a roll, maybe four. But um, that team, and in particular those guys, was every night, and that's why we end up winning 72 and 10. Um, and 32 games and losing 10, and that mm. was, yeah, was a lot of momentum in that. Luke, it's Jude Bolton speaking. I mean, uh, Phil Jackson as the coach, he had such an awe about him and such an incredible um, you know, look on life as well. Uh, he spoke a lot about a, you know, taking a book to the players in pre-season. Did you ever read that? You seem like a studious one who would read it and would the likes of, say, Dennis Rodman pick it up and actually immerse himself in that book. Look, we all wanted to believe in Phil. Phil was – what was made Phil a great coach was that you wanted to please him. You wanted to perform for him. It wasn't – he was much more of a carrot guy than a stick guy, yeah. you know. When he gave you a book, you tend to want to read it. And he was clever. He would give Dennis comic books, you know, because that was Dennis like <laughs> Dennis like cartoons. It's true. Um, you know, he would he would give me strangely enough, he gave me Pioneer Western Pioneer book 
wow. once, which I thought was an odd choice. But he was always challenging you and pushing you around with those questions. Um, he always had ways to. Uh, well, I'll give you one example. I suppose I don't know how long this interview is, but yes. in our in our in our video room, there was a picture of a monk, and um, the story goes that some guy had gone on a pilgrimage in Tibet and walked three days through the through the forest to get to the to get to the monastery where he was hoping to find some enlightenment, yeah. you know, and um, out, of the, out of the forest walked a monk and he thought, great, I'm meeting my first monk. This is the beginning of my thing. And took a photo of the monk and sent it to Phil because the monk had his robe on and a Chicago Bulls hat. <laughs> Bulls hat. <laughs> and that was Phil's way of saying to us every day when we walked in the video room, there's a lot of people watching and it's global and people love the way you're playing basketball. And so funnily enough, more than the videos or more than – just about anything else in that room, and there was a lot of stuff in that room. I remember the monk with the bull's hat. Stick around, Luke. We just want to ask you about the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance, your glaring omission, but also some of the words that MJ has said about you since. It's the Rush Hour on Triple M. We're speaking to Luke Longley, and I know, Dell, you want to ask him about Dennis Rodman. Hey, look, you're a pretty humble guy, but in, in a team environment like we have here, we you know we have some free spirits like Jude. You know, we got to put we got to rein him in a little bit. Oh, um, please. You know, you had like guys like Michael. That's what made him great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we know you had guys like Michael Jordan. We've heard a lot of Michael Jordan, but for me, Dennis Rodman, like. But he'd go missing, you know, in a team environment. He's a bit like yourself. No, 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 98 going to WWE. Yeah, I don't, go, I don't go missing. But, like, what about the story about Michael Jordan going to, like, going to Vegas to get him? How was that in, in a team, um, in a team uh, ethos? How was that for your team, especially with Phil Jackson? Yeah, mate, it had us challenges for sure. And Dennis, Dennis let us down on more than one occasion, but then would make up for it. And I suppose Phil's, I can't put Phil's in you know, words in Phil's mouth, but if I was to try to paraphrase it, is that you can't divine character. People are who they are. And if you want the good bits out of them, you're going to have to take some of the bad bits. And so we understood that Dennis, how Dennis was made up and that he, you know, he was built that way a little bit. He was never going to be sitting at the front of the class with a sharp pencil. You know, he was going to be up the back throwing things at the back of your head. Um, and, you know, th that was him. And so we worked around it. We loved him for it. We, you know, we told him off when he needed telling off. And he responded to that. You know, it's like the only kid in the family that he still loved the kid. Now, mate, we spoke to, we hadn't spoken to Michael Jordan, but I obviously watched that wonderful ESPN yeah. doco. And he spoke about you saying how important you were in that team. What was that like watching that doco, taking you back to those moments and to hear from perhaps the greatest of all time in any oh, sport? Yeah. That 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 Arzi was glaring omission. Was, was glaring was, omission, though. There wasn't enough talked about yeah. Luke. I'm well, but he did say, he, the, without the Aussie, we couldn't have got it done. What was that like? So, so that was in the Australian story. I asked okay. after the after the Netflix thing, uh, where where I mean, and I understand. I wasn't that upset about being not in the Netflix thing much. In fact, the best thing ever happened because then I did that Australian story yeah. thing, and Michael did come out and say how important it was, and it was nice because I'd never heard that from Michael, so it was a bit of a shock, but. I guess in my heart, I knew that he understood because if Michael didn't want you on his team, you weren't on his team. And so he understood the balance. I mean, I think Phil knew, Michael knew, um, Jerry knew, we all knew that those big characters have to be balanced out. And, you know, I, I guess I was part of that balancing act. And if, if Michael was out one side of the seesaw as this intense sort of competitive carnivore, I was on the other side of the seesaw as this sort of, um, I guess, um, hippie kid from Fremantle who was... You know, um, we were just different, but we were part of the same same um, swing set, if you like. 
Luke, what about some of the other players have gone to incredible greatness? Steve Kerr oh, is just yeah. his dominance over at uh, yeah. Golden State as a coach and just his ethos now with his players and the connection that he has. It's just been phenomenal to watch, hasn't it? And you hit it on the head, mate. It's the connection with his players. They respect him. They love him um, a little bit like we did with Phil. Um, and that comes from being good at coaching, obviously, but it also comes from personality, mm. comes from the gravity that comes with winning. I don't know what he's got now, seven or eight championships, Steve-O. Um, so, yeah, uh, it is, but it is connection. You know, coaching at that level, an Olympic level, at an NBA level, at an NBL level even, um, it's much more about connecting with people and leading people than it is about whether you go under or over a screen and roll or um, whatever the tactic, tactical stuff is. So, yeah, it's good to see Steve going well and you know, Pip's doing his own thing and having yeah. a bit of fun. And, and we all got together, well, except for Michael and Scotty and Dennis, because Dennis got drunk and missed his plane and Michael <laughs> Scotty couldn't make it. But the rest of the team, which surprisingly there was, there was a few other people on that team, um, all got together in Chicago recently and had a ball and having all those stories retold was almost like putting a jigsaw puzzle back together because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm time ravaged, mate. My memory's only, only got bits of that story, and so you know, Bill Wington remembered something else, and um, Randy Brown remembered something else, and Jason Kaufman, Phil Jackson remembered something else. Pretty soon, we had most of the picture, and that was a lot of fun. Memories well, are always ravaged, but music certainly just you know fills your heart. I want to take you back to sort of that sort of period, '96 to '98. What was Chicago like when you hear this music? What was that sort of experience walking in? Like, what was that like? Yeah, no, nah, that's still, that's still, um, you can't see me obviously because this is radio, but literally gives me chicken skin on the forearms already. You can turn it off now before <laughs> I turn into a blubbering mess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they have, I've heard that. You see, you're stirring me up now. Oh. Um, it's still, yeah, all that um, adrenaline, the adrenaline glands all give a little puff, the hat palms get a bit sweaty. Like, it takes me straight back to getting ready to go out and play basketball, which I haven't done in 30 years. So it's a pretty powerful little placebo, not placebo, what is it, the Pavlov's dog response, Pavlovian response, whatever it's called. Yeah. I got that right? Anyway. I'll tell you what, just, uh, just watching I, you play and listening to I, that, listening yeah. to talk about it's enough. <laughs> and, and Luke, you know, I love the way that you talk about that because it does take you back. And, you know, when you play sport, it does resonate. And, and, you know, there's so many things I saw in the last dance and, you know, Bulls fan. You know, when, when Michael Jordan got that food poisoning and he was gone and he found something Luger. in that last quarter, like, I know he's your fierce leader, he's the alpha. Mate, he was next level. But, mate, Gussie and I, we, we clashed a bit because he, he didn't like Michael Jordan the way he carried on. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that on that flu game, it wasn't actually, you know, obviously it wasn't a flu. We gave him some poison lollies so that we could get more shots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose yeah. legends legends like Michael Jordan, and there's lots oh, yeah. of discussion now about other players, one at the Lakers at the moment yeah. that goes pretty good. But to being in the discussion for the GOAT, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, not just in basketball, you know. Well, it's, 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 you, man. I wouldn't have thought of myself like that, but <laughs> that's right. Talking about having <laughs> a heart and sitting there with your mates shooting some basketball or, or darts or whatever you decide to do and then you have this discussion about who's the greatest, Tom Brady, Donald Bradman, yeah, Tiger, Woods. Um, Tiger Woods. They're great discussions to have with a couple of beers, aren't they, with your mates? And, of course, no one's wrong and no one's right. It's just your opinion. Oh. Yeah, well, on the weekend I'm going to be right because I'm going to be the big dog down at the half court half, exactly. half with my championship rings. I'll be yep. down there doing that yep. and having beers with people I'm interested to hear what people think about that story because I do have a strong opinion on who the best who the best was but I'm actually really looking forward to just seeing the whole setup what's the first time it's done 
uh, been done like that. And you know, I'm proud of I'm proud of Han for taking the initiative, and I'm proud to be part of it. And I'm looking for it's going to be fun. So yeah, sure looking is. forward to. It. To get, yeah, to get involved with the first Han Half Court Half Pub, go to hanpromotion.com.au to RSVP. Luke Longley, we could speak to you all day. We really oh, appreciate yeah. you taking time with the Rush Hour. No, it was fun. Good on you guys. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure, Luke. I'll be coming up a few, few beers and a few shots with you because I'm pretty good at b-ball too. <laughs> oh, oh, he, he, he shoots bricks. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Cheers, Luke. Good on yourself. Boys, we know it's the biggest deal in town, the Super Bowl and half of the – Excitement is the halftime entertainment. Oh, yeah. Yep. But what about also the ads as the well? Ads. Yes. And if you've got the app, you can actually get the ads as they're oh. going to wear over there in the States. For this year's Super Bowl, advertisers are paying 10.7 million, 10.7 million for a 30 what? second slot, which equals around 350,000 Australian dollars a second. What? Uh, 115 million viewers say so they know they're going to get eyeballs. Now, I want to play you a BMW ad with Christopher Walken. Okay, yep. I'm going to get you to do your Christopher what? Walken in a moment. Just yeah. settle down. Don't you say what? Oh, it's yeah. like that person who doesn't want to sing at karaoke, yep. but yeah, all the way <laughs> up there the on mic. the stage. Yeah. You're basically up no, there. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> everyone has a Christopher Walken accent, so you'll hear this ad going to air and everyone is saying... Trying to take him off. Trying to take him off, and, of course, he gets embarrassed by it. Have a listen to it. One of the Super Bowl ads you'll see on Monday. Nice ride. It's the real deal. 100%. Electric. It's... The real deal. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Enjoy your coffee. Careful, it's hot. Okay, thanks. Your dog's so cute. Mm, yeah. Ooh, so adorable. Yeah, wow. Right. We both know it's the man makes the clothes. You know, you look nice. Okay, we're done. Hello, Mr. Walken. Does this table work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Did someone say yeah? Don't you got somewhere to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Natasha. There's only oh, one yeah. Christopher Walken and only one ultimate driving machine. The rest are just imitations. Come on. And that goes for a minute. So they're, they're spending, <laughs> so <good. laughs> spending $21.4 million Australian for a one-minute ad there. So That's, yeah. Okay. Can you do a Christopher Walken? No, but that reminds me too. Like a Budweiser. Remember Budweiser was yeah. good? And then Doritos. But, yeah, no, I can't. Okay. What do Give you us your Christopher Walken. No, but he always does the Foo Fighters, that one. But I love when he, he played that. Uh, you rushed that. Do that a bit more time. The Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. I but, like it. But uh, when he was in Pulp Fiction and that Oh, piece don't when, tell me you're going off piece no, no, and doing no, something when, fresh. Oh, he is. When he had the, uh, the gold doing watch fresh? and he's had, handing it back to the young kid and he goes, this watch was, was on your daddy's wrist when he got shut down in Hanoi. Oh. And for five long years he held, he held it in his ass. In his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you put yourself under pressure there yeah, he did. and you came out the other side. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Jim. For once, yeah, it's great. Oh, oh, we love him. We love him. We love Chris we love Walker. We love so the Super Bowl, we'll go through more, obviously, on Monday with the results. We'll get there to Phil Murphy because Phil Murphy will be on the sideline. As well as that, we'll go through all the big ads as well and we'll play them out it's for gonna you. It's going to be so yeah. good. Who are you tipping? Who do you reckon? I am tipping the best quarterback I have ever seen with my own eyes, I think, is Mahomes. I know Brady what? will be looked upon as the oh. goat. Oh. I think it comes down what? to the quarterback. Quarterback? Seven. Yeah. I know. I understand that. But I think Mahomes is early days, right, I in his 49ers. career. I think 49 he could win. Year, he could win more than Tom Brady in the end. So I'm going for know. the Chiefs. I think it comes down to that. What are you? 
I'm going Kansas City because I like Travis Kelsey because he's he's like me, sexy. And then you, you got reckon Taylor he's going to do the Dougie? Oh yeah, I want him to do, do the Dougie. I love when he he just he his style. How, is how can you be asked a question on who's going to win the Super Bowl and uh, somehow in 20 uh, seconds talk about your own sexiness? I know. I'm, I'm just. I know. I see. What's so, wrong with you, mate? I know. Sorry. There's a lot of wrong with me. We won't, we won't go there. It's <laughs> the rush hour on Triple M. Fight up, fellas. In 325 games and two premierships for the Sydney Swans, Jude Bolton learned how to do two things really well. Tackle people and get hit in the head really hard. There's Bolton again. Let's do one of those now. This is Jude Tackles. Jude, you are fired up. Must be time for Jude Tackles, brother. Absolutely, Gussie. So... They're planning an enhanced Olympics. We know this. But what's next? A competition for the fastest growing nose? <laughs> because let's face it, this is starting to sound like absolute horseshit. Former swimmer James Magnuson has been the first to show genuine interest to compete for a $1.5 million bounty in the enhanced games, which will allow performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. I hate it. The missile, who, let's face it, misfired in the 2012 Olympics when mm. he came in cocky, has confirmed he'll undertake a supplements program to juice himself to the gills to try and break the world record in 50-metre freestyle. Imagine the athlete's village, though. Instead of protein shakes, it's a buffet of just syringes and pill bottles. And forget about the opening ceremony. It's just a bunch of jacked-up dudes competing and doing the roid rage interpretive dance routines. (laughs) And who's going to be the true poster child for this circus? Lance Armstrong? Ben Johnson and the gang? Might as well bring in the bodybuilders while we're at it. We can swap out their protein powder for performance-enhancing potions to hit the podium. Sure. Let's celebrate breaking every known record to man. But let's do it with a side of suspicion and a sprinkling of sarcasm because nothing says sportsmanship like competition where the winner is the one with the most creative chemistry set. Mm. This enhanced Olympics is like a regular games, but just with a twist. And a twist, I mean a twist off the cap of a vial of steroids. Picture this. The Athletes' Village is now a bustling marketplace of bulging biceps and questionable moral fibre. Instead of trading pins, they're swapping tips on which design a drug to give the best performance boost. Imagine synchronised weightlifting routines and the build-up for the heats and finals of the temper tantrums. It's like a WWE match on steroids. Oh, wait, it literally is. And let's not even get started on the potential health risks because nothing screams good idea like encouraging athletes to pump their bodies full of substances with more effects than a pharmaceutical commercial. Warning, may cause sudden bursts of uncontrollable rage and insatiable craving for gold medals. As for the athletes, say goodbye to the days of clean competition. So grab your popcorn and your urine sample cups because this enhanced <laughs> Olympics is going to be a wild ride. Bolton, out. Oh, oh wow. Boom. boom, boom. Missed no one. Time for this. Whether you're on the train, in the car or on the buses, it's Gus's Big Sports Quiz. There's a bit of everything in Red Rooster's Mega Box, brought to you by Red Rooster Mega Boxes. The Rooster's calling you to try a Mega Box at Red Rooster today. Yeah, and we've got Scotty going up against me today. G'day, Scotty. How are you, champion? Yeah, very good. How are you guys? Mate, How are you, Scott? Very, very well. 200 bucks to spend at Red Rooster for the winner. I'll hand you over to the hostess with the mostess, Mr. Jude Bolt. Sexy yeah. guy. Welcome to the Rush Hour, Scott. And you know this the, the format here. We just go question yep. for question. But you do have a phone a friend in Wendell. You got Jermaine, me. Jermaine. Sailor. Sailor. I'm your man, baby. You can use him once Sailor. during the opening rounds. Yep. Already? We'll see how we go. All right. Good this is for the good Red luck, Rooster. Right, here we go. Okay. Gus. Yep. The Super Bowl, of course, is on Monday. Yes. And Gussie, we know how big of a Swifty fan you are. Oh, God. But tell me, 
actually, who had the better season record between Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers? San Francisco had a one-game one better winning record. Oh, oh yeah. right across at the 49ers. <laughs> All right, Scotty, both teams in the Super Bowl wear red, but only one can don their primary colour. Who will be wearing white in the Super Bowl? The Chiefs. Oh, mate. oh, you could have used Dell. It's the 49ers. You're better than that, mate. Oh, no. Out of the Super Bowl, 57 Super Bowls, the team wearing white has won 37 Ooh. times. Mm. I can taste the nuggets already. Oh, okay. All right. Let's go. Gussie, chocolate, chocolate nuggets. Last week, there was a massive EPL fixture between my Arsenal and your Liverpool. Who scored Arsenal's final goal in their just incredible 3 1 win? Saka? No. Mm. Leandro Trossard, oh, the Belgian yeah. Yeah, winger. Yeah, he's a tosser, that's like, for sure. Like, yeah. on the Sometimes, other right. He's on the yeah. right. All right, so no good there. Scotty, what yep. city are Australia hosting the West Indies in the first T20 series at home? You've got Dell if you need. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to ask Dell on this one. Mate, they're yeah. all part of Australia, but it's Hobart. Oh, oh mate. Oh. They're a state of Australia. <laughs> Shout out to our Tassie. Yeah, <laughs> that game tonight, all our Tassie podcast <laughs> listeners. Love yeah. you. <laughs> okay, one all. Gussie, yep. Lewis Hamilton dropped a bombshell last week when he announced he was leaving Mercedes for Ferrari in 2025. Oh, that's what I hope the answer. I was going to say no. Ferrari. But who is Australian Dan Ricardo racing for this season? Oh, some bunch of mickmocks. Oh, hey, hey. Oh, no, they are, mate. Bottom of the barrel bunnies. Um, Haas? No. Scuderia Alfa Tori. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So Might no as well be in a Hyundai this i30. is for the win, Scott. You got this, Scott. Okay. Which NRL star is likely to leave for overseas rugby union next season? Manu. Oh. Joey Moe, there it is, the win. Yeah! Give him the Red well Roosters. Well done, Scotty. 200 to spend at Red Roosters. There's a bit of everything in every Red Rooster mega box. The Roosters calling you to try a mega box oh. at Red Rooster today. Well done, Scotty. Well deserved. Thanks, boys. Thanks, did not start Scotty. well, but did well yeah. in the end. Time now to talk some tech. Yeah, everything for the man, EFTM.com. Trevor Long is our man for tech. G'day, Trev. How are you, brother? G'day, g'day. I'm very well. Good on you, mate. Men of Sydney, imagine never having to mow the lawn again. <laughs> the future is here. Trev, tell us about it. It's so good. Basically, you can tell the missus you're going out to look after the lawns, <laughs> take a couple of cold ones, get a chair out, put your feet up and watch your robot lawnmower do it for you. Now, I've had one of these for a couple of years, but it was a bit complex to install. You need to run a wire around the whole yard. Oh. Now... The latest one from a company called Works, W-O-R-X, um, it has cameras and everything built in, so it sees the grass and mows it. So I tested this by putting it out the front yard and just turning it on. It would go to the gutter, turn around, come back, go to the driveway, turn around, come back, and it just randomly mows all my lawn. Does it does it pick up the dog poo as well? or does it, <laughs> like That would no, be just I the next level. That you don't let it go near that. That's, uh, that becomes a super spreader event. <laughs> Trev, what about with the cost of living crisis at the moment? A lot of us are keeping that, you know, the shopping dockets and searching for the cheapest fuel. Tell us about the new in-car technology that does it for us. This is a young Aussie kid that came up with an app called Petty, P-E-T-T-Y. And in the, in the iPhone, it shows you, you know, where the, where the lo- local petrol is and what the prices are in real time. But it's now available on Apple CarPlay. So you can be in the car with your phone connected and on your dashboard there, you can touch the app 
and you could bring up a real-time look at, at uh, the local petrol stations. If you're not at home, it, it shows you the ones that you don't know about, and you can see that variance in price in real time on your dashboard. So it's called Petty, P-E-T-T-Y. It does come at a subscription cost of a massive $9.99 a year. <laughs> well, Trev, 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 you know that I'm a hopeless romantic. What about Valentine's Day? I heard there's a few things happening about uh, romance scams. They they can't be right. Scammers are very smart people. They are organisations. They are organised crime businesses that work out what the best thing to do at any time is. And right now, it's Valentine's Day. So they are going to hit people with romance scams. You're going to get text messages. If you're on dating apps, you need to be super cautious about who you are communicating with because what they do, and you'll love this term, guys, but it's a sad one, there's a thing called pig butchery. And it's a genuine term in the scam market where what they do is they fatten the pig before slaughtering it, which is basically they get all your money before they then break it all off. So they will bleed you for whatever money you're willing to give them Mm. and then you'll never hear from them again. Is there an example of this type of stuff? Because like like, um, Del said, we are all hopeless romantics at the end of the day and it's easy to get us when your heart's on your sleeve. Yeah, and that's the problem here is they are, they are not easy to spot. So basically, these scammers will will they'll, they'll communicate with you regularly for days and days, even weeks, and then they might drop in. Oh, you wouldn't believe how much money I made today on crypto, or you wouldn't believe how much money I made doing X Y Z, and so that becomes the trigger to go. Hang on a minute, why are we talking about investment when we're, we're trying to hook up here? You know, so mm. just be wary of a conversation that leads you towards. Oh, do you want to invest in this? Do you want to be part of this? That's the scam. Mm. Oh, good on you, mate. He's right Thanks, on the pulse. Trevor Long, everything from the man. That's EFTM.com. Appreciate your time, Trevor. Cheers. Good Cheers. on you, Trevor. Good on you, mate. Today, it was all about Luke Longley. This is the moment where, Jude, you played some music and the big fella, well, he got a bit oh. emotional. Memories well. are always ravaged, but music certainly just, you know, fills your heart. I want to take you back to sort of that sort of period, 96 to 98. What was Chicago like when you hear this music? What was that sort of experience walking in? Like, what was that like? Yeah, no, nah, that's still, that's still, um, you can't see me obviously because this is radio, but literally gives me chicken skin on the forearms already. You can turn it off now before I turn into a blubbering mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they have, I've heard that. You see, you're stirring me up now. Uh-huh. Um, it's still yeah, all that um, adrenaline. The adrenaline glands all give a little puff, the palms get a bit sweaty. Like, it takes me straight back to getting ready to go out and play basketball, which I haven't done in 30 years. So it's a pretty powerful little placebo, not placebo, what is it, the Pavlov's dog response, Pavlovian response, whatever it's called. I tell you what, it was a magical moment and really lovely to talk to him for so long. He was so giving of his time, so I really appreciate it. Great show, fellas. Love well it. boys. Have a great weekend. Have a good, Have a good weekend, See you everyone. Monday, everyone. Love you guys. Bye. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.